Chris Charles, welcome back to the show. Today we got the four horsemen back in the house, man. We got Jake, we got Kyle, we got Chris. What's going on, fellas? What are we doing? Uh, Kyle seems very excited. Um, exactly what he's excited about right now. Only the only the people's imaginations can take over there because with that guy, you have no idea. I got a very comfy pair of sweatpants on right now. Been sitting on the floor in here. Wow. Staring at small cardboard pictures of men. Wow. The, the fact so, that you just told 100% truth and yet still sound like a creep is just like mind blowing. That was my whole goal there was to tell the entire truth of what I was doing right before we did this and make it sound just as weird as possible. I mean, if you think about it, like you say, I'm just sitting here sorting through some some football cards. Like everybody's like, oh, cool. Baseball. Baseball, whatever. Baseball. The way you explained it, like you are like on a list somewhere. <laughs> They're like on a no fly zone or no fly list here uh, now because of the way you stated it. I'm not allowed to go to Chuck E. Cheese anymore. I do know that. Not surprised. That sounds like an isolated incident, though. But you are living your best life. Rem's not allowed to go there either, but he's just not tall enough to do any of the rides. (laughs) Wait, they they have rides? (laughs) Some Chuck E. Cheeses have rides. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Yeah, one Chuck E. Cheese. I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese that's got, like, this giant giraffe you can sit on, and it moves, like, up and down. Yeah. There's, like, a... Or the, sw- wheel the swing wheel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swing wheel. I don't know. Yeah. They're growing up, and even to this day, there hasn't been a Chuck E. Cheese within <laughs> maybe fifty miles of. Because you live in the so. middle of nowhere, and they Rim's banned you. Go they closed up. They closed up shop after they banned you from it. Man. <laughs> yeah, they were like, no, never in. again. He's gonna try to climb on that thing in one of the workers and be like, "Son, son, no, excuse me, you have to be." <laughs> oh, you're a fully grown man, aren't you? <laughs> and then he's gonna look through his pictures, like, "Wait, are you the Chris Kennedy?" Okay, you definitely can't be here. Yeah, that's right. Now you, now we have a that. restraining order against you, sir. Oh, fellas, we got do we do got some football, man. Combine week is upon us. I love it, man. Love combine week, and it's funny because I saw Sean McVay and uh, the Rams general manager Les Snead is like, "We're not attending the combine this year," and I'm like, "Why would? Yeah, that? no shit. You got no picks, fool." <laughs> I don't. Wait, what's the point? Him. Well, what's even more? like crazy to think about, at least for me, is knowing that Sean McVay voluntarily, what sounds like opted out of a hundred million dollar deal mm. to take over that the Amazon booth there. I mean, if it's me, if I can still make that kind of bank, I, I'm walking away from all the stress of being a coach just to do what, 18 games a, a regular season and not have to worry about it. Like yeah, that, to me, that sounds, sounds crazy to turn away, but uh, apparently he's, he's still bought in. Yeah, I mean, that was you said a hundred million. It's a hundred million dollars. It was estimated. It wasn't like a hundred million dollar deal for so. But they're saying that he could have left upwards of a hundred million dollars on the table. Yeah, you take you take your Super Bowl ring and you you go and take that job. Hundred percent. Yeah. Dude, so for, for a thirty eight year old to be getting a hundred mil to talk football in a booth and not coach, especially you have all the stressors of winning. Yes. The, all the excess traveling. I mean, the the hours that they put in. I mean, the coaches are there more than the players are there. I mean, that is just like, especially with him as as bright as he is. I mean, whenever he talks football, dude is like an elite mental, you know, triathlon here. I mean, he he would be fun to listen to watch him call games. Kind of like I still enjoy watching Romo do it. You know, I, I still like getting a little yeah. bit more of like the behind the scenes. Like, what are the players thinking? What are they looking for right here? I like that a lot more than. 
you know, sitting there listening to, you know, somebody's stupid stats from six years ago. I'm only interested in it if they have like a full body studio where you can see the khakis too. If you can only see like the upper body of Sean McVay, I don't know why. I would just listen to the radio at that point. But yes, go into the booth, talk football. You still get to use your mind, but you don't have to worry about, you know, corralling Jalen Ramsey the next time he goes crazy or whether or not Aaron Donald's going to retire this offseason or trying to repeat as champions or watching a thousand fans show up to your home games every week. I mean, the dude's got, I mean, that's got to be someone that loves what they do, 100%. Which is crazy because they were just talking about rumors of, what, a few weeks ago. This guy could be contemplating retiring mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl win. The same type of you know stuff happened with Aaron Donald and all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, how do you go from that extreme of potential retirement to, no, I'm going to turn down 100 mil just to broadcast games because I'd rather still go through the grind of coaching. I mean, we're, we're, for the most part, the majority of us are 38 years old. We talk football, not necessarily in a booth, but in a studio, and we're not making a hundred million dollars. So, do the right thing, McVay. If somebody wants to pay us a hundred million, I would do. I'll take a hundred million, dude. How about this? I I would be down with just doing a million. Yeah, think about the money they could save a million each, and we'll just pitch. We'll just go in there. We'll broadcast the hell out of a game. Well, to be fair, he's making $8.5 million coaching the Rams right now. I know it's not 100 milli, but 8.5 is nice. Uh, the, the deal right here is Amazon could have gone as high as five years, 100 million. So 20 oh, mil God. a year. Jeez. Get the hell out of here. Sign yeah, me up for reti- that. Retire at the age of what, 43 after that five year deal's over and you're good. Dude. Oh my gosh. Go Can buy an be- island and spend time with your very attractive wife and, you know, have some, have some puppies, man. Can Whoa. we be even more real for a second? We would all do it for less than a million dollars. You're damn right. <laughs> yeah, give me half that. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm I was going to say, you give me 500K. Al, you give me. You give me 200 I would say, I'm like, Rem, Rem would do it for like 100K. Don't even lie. <laughs> Rem, at this I point, mean, you probably do Rem would be doing it for 815 an hour. <laughs> you, you, give, you give me, you give me 20K and as much fast food as I want. I was just going to say, me, give him, give him those deal. crab, the crab mac and cheese and the 50K and he's good. He's happy. Oh my God. It. Wait a second. We just went from negotiating a million dollar contracts for all of us to Rim saying, give me fast food. At least ask for like sit down restaurants, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Fine. Give, give me a Chili's. <laughs> I'm a simple man with simple needs. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. Speaking of simple men, Matt Corral, his, his draft stock is interesting right now, and it's because of the combine. And we're seeing things like, you know, he's not going to throw. I found that to be very peculiar. Um, you think that, you know, coming off that ankle injury, there were question marks. His draft stock has been falling. And now he's saying he's not going to throw. He's going to wait till his pro day. I think that's a little bit of a, a bad move because guys like Malik Willis, they're coming out, man. And, you know, with Todd McShay, he's like uh, Willis is more uh, more athletic and more dynamic than an athlete's stronger arm than Jalen Hurts. And I got to tend to agree, but I think that he's going to still need some time. Both these quarterbacks are very interesting because there isn't a top dog in this in this whole draft class right now that we can sit here and say, we're convinced, man. This is the franchise like last year, at least. But I'm, I'm shocked that Corral's not going to throw. Uh, and they're going to be, I was they're going to be plenty of teams that are going to overdraft, you know, and reach to get a quarterback. But like you said with Corral, like I can understand if he doesn't want to do, you know, the 40 or, or any, any sort of you know, running drills, but with throwing, 
you want to be there to showcase your arm, you know, especially coming back from that injury. You know, if you want to improve your draft stock, then, you know, last year it was one thing where there obviously there was no combine the last couple of years. Players only had to rely on their pro days. But this gives you a couple of different opportunities to show scouts like, hey, I am the number one guy in this class because a lot of teams aren't really sold that there is that, you know, top tier quarterback like we've had in years past. I, I just, I, no, don't get me wrong. I love the combine. Been there a few times, had some, some fun time there. But honestly, I kind of feel like the combine is just something for the fans to get us by for a few weeks. Because I, I understand they're going to go look at it, but I think that you can probably do more harm at the combine than you can to help yourself. Unless you're talking about the 40 time and you're going to blow somebody away. But now they get to go to their pro day. They get to work out with their own wide receivers. They get to go there and have their own, you know, kind of, you know, surroundings. And it can be scripted so well that it makes them look that much better. You know, I mean, I think that I'd like I said, I love the combine, but I don't know if people put as much stock into everything anymore as they used to because everything is just so accessible. You can go out and watch every minute of this dude's life practically. You know what he can and can't do. And when you see him there at his pro day, they're going to have scouts there as well. I, I, I wish he was throwing, obviously, from like a fan perspective. Everybody wants to see that kind of stuff. But from an NFL perspective, personally, I don't know how much that really harms a player nowadays. I, I was going to ask you this. If, all right, so say, you know, with, with the pro day, they're, you know, that's where their comfort level is. You know, wouldn't you then want to show teams and scouts that, you know, that you can still perform in a situation that you aren't comfortable in or that you isn't a, a very familiar situation. But think that's about where, that's where I was going with that one too, because I think the uncomfortable nature of the combine for these guys, the unexpected is the kind of read and react that we do like to see as well. But I mean, I get, I get your point. I mean, you're for the player perspective for Corral, especially where he's like, I want that comfort level so I can have it. Cause I mean, we saw with like the fields uh, and the, the Wilson pro days last year, they were very comfortable and they were dropping dimes everywhere. Right. I want to see them feel a little bit comfortable, feel a little bit out of wax and, and then see what they can do. But I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, I love the combine for that more than anything. Uh, where I'm coming from is okay. So when they're throwing at the combine, they're not throwing to their guys. So you may have a wide receiver that, you know, runs a poor route and it ends up in an incompletion. And that could look poorly upon the quarterback when really maybe it's just because they haven't had that chemistry together. We preach that all the time is the chemistry between wide receiver and quarterback. And when you go to the combine, you have none of that because you've probably never played with these guys before. So kind of understanding the speed of each player and when they get in and out of their breaks, I, I think that's why from a quarterback perspective, some of these incompletions on the screen may look negatively towards the quarterback when in reality it could have just been that they're just not in sync with the wide receiver and that's where i think it can hurt some of that draft stock every once in a while now obviously if we can see that nfl scouts and coaches can see that but it's still just one of those things where if it's me i'd rather throw to my guys instead of have to throw to guys that i've never i've never even met before i think the problem really with the combine isn't what NFL coaches and scouts are seeing. It's what the media blows up. Exactly. Cause, cause I mean, it's a, it's a media fan type the fans thing. and media hundred percent. I mean, yes, these players are there for certain things behind closed doors. That's not for it. So like these interviews that are taking place, unless you're Pete Carroll taking your shirt off and that goes viral with DK Metcalf, but you know, you take a look at these things and, you know, a couple of years ago or a few years ago, you know, Josh Allen, we were at that one, Jake, right? We were sitting off in the reserve section, lounge yeah, we, we back. We acted like we were very, 
Yeah, we thought we were we were a big deal. They didn't know we were there. <laughs> we were kicking back. And remember, everybody in the stadium, you're supposed to be super quiet. And that first deep pass that Josh Allen unleashed, everybody sat there and went, Ooh. wow. Yeah. It was the same thing. And that's all everyone talked about. Nobody talked about anything other than that for the next few days. But in all honesty, NFL scouts and coaches, they already knew that was happening. Like they already knew he's got a big arm. They're looking at how does he set his feet? You know, how are his mechanics? What does he do when he drops back? Does he throw that shoulder open too early? Those are the things that they're looking for, but it gets those things to just the, I don't, I was going to say the normal people, but I don't think I should say that because I think that would be a little condescending to, you know, fans who maybe don't take the time to watch those things in depth or people who, you know, don't have the time to watch those things in depth. You know, they're looking for the highlights and stuff like that. You know, the highlights of Josh Allen were those deep passes. That's all they showed. So it's, it's one of those things where the players look at it and they're like, yeah, the, the, the scouts and the coaches are probably seeing it, but then I have to sit around for the next five days if I'm Lamar Jackson and hear about how I sailed the pass over three players and I should probably move out to wide receiver because I can't, you know, be an accurate quarterback. So then that, that narrative is going to get pushed poorly for Corral in that sense as well if he doesn't throw, correct? Because everyone's going to be hooked on that and saying, well, does this hurt his draft stock? And I completely understand. You want to lift your draft stock, hence why you're saying go to your pro day and you know just perform with the guys you know so that it makes you look like 100% crisp. But I, I think it's a disservice, man, especially if, you're, if he's injured, it's one thing. But if you're healthy, I, I really don't see why you wouldn't throw at the combine. I mean, I don't, is he healthy? Because I know when I read that he wasn't going to throw, it was because he wanted to take some more time. He wanted to take some more time to be ready for his pro day. So that, I don't know. that ankle was back in like December. So, I mean, you would think I, that he was good by Cause he did think, did he have surgery? He didn't really, Mm-mm. no, he, didn't, no, have he didn't have surgery on no. it. So I don't know. It's weird. Especially when you look at some of these mock drafts and you see that, you know, people are mocking, him to the lions, you know, that's first round money, baby. Like, yeah, it's the lions, but but maybe you going to the combine and not going to the combine is a difference between a first round pick and a mid second, late second round pick. So he, I, I would think that he would probably have a really good reason. I would expect probably his agent is in on it too. He's probably discussed this with any type of coach or trainer that he's working out with. If he's not going and throwing at the combine, I would I would suspect that he's got a really, really good reason why. And maybe another one of those reasons isn't really related to the ankle. Maybe it's just one they want to control the environment a little bit more. So they just he wants it to, you know, look better for that. And I think the combine for the most part is a benefit to those who need to raise their draft stock. But if your draft stock is already high and he's not 100% and he goes out there and doesn't look 100%, it's going to knock him way further down than if he just didn't throw at all. And and that's why I I don't want to knock him too bad for it. And I think we're going to start seeing this a lot more going forward. I'm not going to be surprised if year after year we're starting to see more and more guys opt to do things during their pro day just so they can control the environment, like Kyle said. It just, like I said, I I think it sets them up to really boost it a little bit higher because they they don't have all the distractions around them. I mean, because honestly, when we were in Indy, two years ago, you could tell those players, they have a lot on their mind. Their focus is not just on the field. They're trying to focus on their form in the 40 yard dash. And they want to see how many bench reps they can do. And they've gone through all these interviews and then they got to interview with all the press all the time and get asked weird questions. It wasn't just, Hey, 
I'm going to lace them up. And I'm going to go play. Cause I think if that's the case, we don't have a lot of the concerns, but with everything else going on that week, I think it's just so much of a distraction. We start to see more and more pro days there where, where players are just opting for those. Maybe this is a little bit of a cop out, but what if you're one of those guys that isn't comfortable in front of the camera and isn't comfortable exactly. doing all that? I mean, like you said, Jake, we were there two years ago and we saw these guys firsthand up close. They were being ushered in and out of that press room like freaking dogs. I yeah. mean, they were really literally lined up in order. Single file line, like out, old school elementary. File. <laughs> yep. Here, here's your podium. Here's your podium. Here's your podium. They had someone standing next to them the entire time. Okay, you're, you're done. Come over here. Get in line again. They all got in line, all ushered back out. I mean, doing that, I mean, they're there today. I mean, they already got there. Players mm -hmm. are there doing their behind the scenes stuff. They're getting poked and prodded and medicals are being looked over. And for some of these guys, maybe that's another reason he doesn't want to go either. He's going to have to do medical stuff and maybe he doesn't want to do medical stuff. So, I mean, it's it, for those guys. And then they have to go out there. I mean, all the on-field stuff is at the end of it. So now you spent four days interviewing with teams, getting getting all your medical stuff done, standing up on podiums, talking to press, all this other stuff, you've got to be fried by the end of it. Maybe by that point, you're just like, bro, I'm ready to get out of here. Like, I want to go home. I don't know. For, for me, I guess, like, this is, you know, just another step to the NFL. You know, you want to raise your stock. You want to just kind of be out there. And so for me, like, you kind of have to go through all that, you know, nonsense you know the the media stuff and the the testing and all that stuff just because i mean once you get to the nfl and you know say that you are the face of the franchise you're that next team's franchise quarterback i mean the spotlight's going to be on you even more so i think this would just be a way to kind of help them prepare for that next step and i love that point because it comes to the character evaluation how can we determine heart and character most of the time every one of their answers are scripted from their agents right they're they're coached up to understand what to say when to say it and how to say it so now when you put them through the ringer of all these scheduled items that they have to do their best at and and you know the pressure's on because the media is watching this is kind of one of those reviewable staples in the book that they can scout and say how did this guy handle the pressure did he cave or did he handle it very very well that's kind of part of that process as well in my opinion but i mean i, I like the combine I'm a, I'm a fan because i like seeing the agile movements without pads because that's when you get a nice sense of you know are these guys really better than what they are or did something really change as the game went on i, I just i love the combine personally one thing i say in all my combine videos though it's just an addition. It's not the whole thing because far it. too many people are like, oh, baby. Yeah, it's not, the, it's not the end all. Yeah, no, no. The best there, this dude is going to absolutely blow up. He's going to, it's just, I mean, for, for those of you out there listening to this that do enjoy the combine, don't use it as your overall evaluation. Just use part of it. And you mm. need to look at the finer things, okay? Mm. Don't just look at the deep ball. Just don't look at the 40-yard dash. Don't just look at how many reps somebody puts up. Really watch these guys. Watch the full drills that they do, how their feet set, how they make those moves, how they get for the wide receivers, how do they get in and out of their routes. That's really what it's all about. And that's that's where it gets fun. If you're using it for the right things, then it adds a lot to it. And you're like, oh yeah, this is good. But that's what part of the problem was last year with all these pro days. We didn't get that because again, there was there was limited cameras, limited people there. You only got to see certain things here and there. So we missed out on some of that extra evaluation last year, which, you know, may or may not have helped in some processes. 
Remember, hey, um, remember Las DK Vegas Raiders, everything drill. that Kyle just said, write that down. Okay. It's not all about the, <laughs> the, the combine. Wow. Especially when DK Metcalf has his slow three cone drill. Remember he was going to be a bust because yeah, man. slow three cone. Yeah, See, exactly. And that wasn't part. And I was preaching that how many times? God damn it. I was like, his game is power and speed, not agile movements. I'm like, relax. Everyone, oh, he's a bust. He's this is why you got to understand what you're looking at and evaluating, like how I was saying, man, because this is part of the process. You know, tape tape is number one. Absolutely. You go to the tape, you go to the film, you evaluate that process. But then when you see no pads on and these guys are running full, you can actually see how their hips move, how fluid their running style is. These are the little niches that you find when you're scouting talent that I personally look at the most because then when they have the pads on, does that minimize their agile movements? Does that minimize the fluidity in their running? I I mean, whatever. I'm putting my scout hat on right now when I'm talking. The fluidity. Fluidity. It's a big word. Word of the night. Fluidity. Headliner Nation, after you listen to this, I need you to find five instances that you can use the word (laughs) fluidity during your day. Perfect. Leave them in a comment down below. And you will be the smartest person in your video, Jake. I don't think they can just leave a comment. (laughs) They can leave a comment anywhere they want to leave a comment. Tag Kyle on Twitter. It's his homework assignment. There you go. (laughs) Speaking of comments, I think we got to talk about Mr. Kyler Murray again. Bringing up Kyler because his agent uh, dropped some massive dissertation on, you know, what he wants to do. In all caps. In all caps. And and, I mean, I I weird font too. I won't lie. I didn't read the whole thing. I read about half and I was like, I'm like, this thing is lame. I said, why did you even put this thing out? Okay. And the interesting aspect to me is that Kyler's going into year number four, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. I believe so. Yep. Okay, so he still has a fifth-year option coming. So on based on I, – I did the research on what it would be for fifth-year option quarterbacks coming out, and he would be getting about $23 million. I understand it's utilized like a franchise tag on that fifth-year option. He wants to protect himself for injury, but even though that $23 million is fully guaranteed uh, based on injury on that fifth-year option, man, uh, is he how – how do I word this? Is he justified – to sit, potentially sit out for 2022 on a four, fourth year deal that you're still not ready to negotiate yet. I mean, I get it. You know, some guys like Josh Allen, they got theirs. You know, Patrick Mahomes, he got his. But I'm, aren't, didn't they get them at that fourth year, not on the fifth year option? Regardless of when they got it, Kyler Murray's probably going to get his way some way or another because unless they want to completely start all over again, which I don't think that they really want to. They went through the depths of the NFC for year after year after year. Now that they're finally starting to trend back up, we've talked about numerous times that you are not going to be a contender in the NFL unless you have a top-tier level quarterback. What are they going to replace him with? What is plan B? If they want to play hardball with Kyler Murray, what other option do they have? And I talked about this on the podcast earlier in the week, and it's crazy, and I have no idea what the money looks like, But what about a Deshaun Watson? Like, what if they flip Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray? We already have J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins there. What are they? There's stuff like that is like the only option I see for them to be out from Kyler Murray. Otherwise, they're going to have to stay committed. They're going to continue to lock him in. He's going to get paid a ridiculous amount. And if they don't, they're basically just throwing their hands up and, and caving for the next five years or so because that division is way too good and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So it's kind of put up or shut up. I mean, kind of Kyler kind of holds all the cards right now. No pun intended. Here's, here's my question. 
are the Cardinals even actually playing hardball? I mean, this isn't like an Aaron Rodgers saga where we've gone for three, four years now where they used a first round pick on his potential backup and they haven't given him wide receivers and they let some of his favorite players go. I mean, that none of that has happened. Mm -mm. And as far as I knew that there was, there wasn't really a riff either. It's just like all of a sudden he's deleting stuff off his Instagram account. And I mean, all this seems to have just flourished in the last few weeks. So like, why, like what has something really happened behind the scenes where the Cardinals have said, we can't pay you right now. And if that's true, you know, what, what was it? What, what that's kept, what's keeping them from paying them? Is, are they saying, hey, we're not going to pay you right now because we really need to have the extra money this year because we want to put a team together? I mean, this is a team that went out and got DeAndre Hopkins for him. This is a team that went out and got Zach Ertz in the middle of last year. We just lost Chouse. He's disappeared. Our host is gone. It's okay. We're going to keep moving from here. He'll be back in a minute. Maybe. If not, we'll have to reinvite him. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. But, um, so, you know, all, I mean, it's not like they haven't been making the moves. They went out and they got, they took a chance on JJ Watt last year. Yes. Obviously it didn't end up working out the way that they would have liked, liked it to because he hurt himself again. But I mean, it's not like they haven't made moves to compete. It's not like they're trying to come out of the cellar. Um, as, as bad as kind of the second half went for them this year. And obviously down the stretch, things faded a little bit. They're still, they've still taken that next step as an organization this year. So they're still trending in the right direction. This isn't a team that's trending backwards right now, in my opinion. They're just in a really tough division. And Murray got hurt again this year. You know, he got banged up again this year. DeAndre Hopkins got banged up and he got hurt. There was just a lot of injuries that took place. I'm not trying to take away from the fact that at times they looked a little bit lost and it felt like they got away from what made them successful at the beginning of the year, but they had stuff go wrong. So for me, it's like, what in the hell are y'all even fighting about right now? Like, why is this an issue? And if they're truly not paying you Kyler Murray, maybe there's a damn good reason for it. And maybe you should just hold out for a second and say, wait a, wait a minute, right. we're heading in the right direction. I know I'm going to get paid. This team is not going to let me go. Cause that's not how it is. Why do you, why you got to be following Aaron Rodgers right now? Why don't you follow Russell Wilson instead? Who hasn't been like that in the media, who doesn't make those comments when asked who he wants to play for. I want to be a Seahawk. Follow that dude. Don't follow what Aaron Rodgers has been doing in all this drama. All right. And I'm not saying it's all Aaron Rodgers fault because he's been treated, you know, not great by green Bay. They haven't made a lot of good decisions, but it's also a whole lot of extracurricular that falls, follows him every year. That doesn't really need to. Yeah. And I think like you just said, they're not really trending down. They're not getting worse, but I think what's kind of opening their eyes a little bit is that the division they're in is just seems to get be getting better and better and better. And where the window was wide open for Arizona, it's not so much anymore. They have a, a, an uphill battle just to try to win the division now going forward from San Francisco and LA. So yeah, Kyler Murray, I, I can see where he's coming from, from a player perspective, but I just think he's doing it a little, a little too early. I don't think, I don't yeah. think now is the right time. I think at the end of next year, okay, let's see what you do here this year. Do you lead them back to one of the top records in the NFL? Do you, you know, contend for the division? Do you make it to the playoffs? And yeah, he takes you to the playoffs back-to-back -back years, even though that playoff performance was horrible. If he got you there back-to-back, -back, maybe he is a little bit more deserving of this long-term deal, but it's just not, it's not tying. I don't think he's accomplished enough yet. 
had he gone out there and absolutely set the league on fire for two years. But honestly, the last couple of years, we're having to deal with little nagging injuries and the Cardinals offense looking like the tail of two offenses. They're never consistent for an entire 16, 17 game season. So uh, unfortunately, he's got to suck it up. I think he does. I think he plays this year in Arizona. Uh, and then we go through this all over again next year. Yeah, I mean, Arizona is going to pay him. They're going to give him the extension, I think, because like Kyle mentioned, you know, the next quarterback that they could probably potentially go after that's still young, that could give them a bunch of years in the future is somebody like a Deshaun Watson. But outside of him, you're not going to be able to get anybody in a quarterback that's going to match the talent and give you a chance to win like Kyler Murray does. So whether Arizona likes it or not, it's either you give him the extension, you know, after mm -hmm. this season, or you do, you start from scratch and you, you turn an entire Josh Rosen situation all over again. Yep. Which I can't what? see them doing. Honestly, I can't. Right. It's an interesting saga already starting because I agree with you. I think it is too early. It's one year too early for me for him to be pushing the demand because yet you're still under your rookie deal and you probably cover this. I got I got booted for a sec, but I mean, the, the point is for me is that you're trying to build a roster. So if you're going to be paying him upwards of the 40 plus million average market value cap hit around 16 to 20 million dollars, that takes away your ability to round out the team around you. So how does that make you a Super Bowl contender, like you're saying, in a, in a very strong division? Second of all, I mean, the players, and I completely, I'm with the players on that stance. You want to get your bag, you want to get your pay, you want to get paid and you want to get your money. I get it. But you don't have as much leverage as you think you do outside of uh, saying that you're going to hold out. Because if you are that rookie on your rookie deal, fourth year, they hold the fifth year option, which is what uh, Kyler's case would be 23 million bucks. It's like a franchise tag. Then the following season, they can franchise tag you again, again and again. So you're basically locked to this team for seven years, potentially, if the team wants to pay. you. Look, uh, the Washington football team did it with Kirk Cousins or the commies. They did it with Kirk Cousins back in the day where they franchise tagged him twice. He was happy to take that money because he knew he wasn't getting a big deal at that time i don't know man i i agree though I, I don't think that arizona is playing hardball because the gm already came out and said if kyler wants to sit out in 2020 by all means go do it yeah. and we've seen that in the past it's not gonna happen no it's not it's not no, gonna he's happen. not gonna he's not gonna sit out and i mean he's i think what's gonna end up happening he's gonna play this year under his current deal and basically they're gonna say next year we're gonna take a look at redoing the deal in the off season that that's when we'll get it done. And that's when they'll get it done. I the mean, the bad part about that is that's also the same time that Deandre Hopkins ten potentially has an out in his contract as well. So how does that tie in? Cause Deandre Hopkins salary is set to go up to 20 million a year in 2023, which well, is one good thing is they'll money. lose Chandler Jones. Huge. Yes. Right. So that will free up space. I think he's probably, he's off the books yeah, this year. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then JJ Watts off the books in like another what next another year. season? Yeah, next year. Yeah, he's off the books too. I don't. Is Buddha on his second contract yet? I believe he is. Is he? I think what Buddha's what twenty five, so he I might be on a second. I think he just signed now. the extension. I think Buddha okay. just signed the extension last year. So I mean, honestly, when you you know look at the guys that are going to have to be paid, those are the guys, and I you know. AJ Green's on for I don't know how much he's on for, but that that money obviously is going to free up this year if they don't try to bring him back. You know, do you try to re-sign Christian Kirk or do you move forward with Rondell Moore and Andy Isabella and try to give them a shot? But you know, that's why it's so important to draft so well, though. That's why the draft means absolutely so much to these teams. And when you've got you know 
you you can't mess it up like the Las Vegas Raiders have. I mean, I, they were a competitive team this year. Just imagine how good they could have been if, you know, three of their last four first round picks weren't sitting in jail and or on the bench. So oh. it, that's why this draft, you know, that's why drafting is so important. You know, you, you draft the best players that you can in the draft. Yes, sometimes you do draft for, you know, what your team may need. And then you use free agency to kind of, pick and prod into those little places. But when you build a team that, you know, when you have a GM and a head coach and a front office that can recycle players and move them through and get the best out of their guys, that's how you're going to continue to win. And that's how you pay a guy like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. When you have all these other guys that, you know, you're drafting in and out and you know, you can nail your draft. It's like, okay, next man up. We're not going to be able to pay you because we got to pay these two guys. And quarterback should be paid the most, most important position in football. Yep. So do you think your Lions are taking uh, Willis at number two? Dude, I swear to God. <laughs> swear to God. I'll be in North Carolina this year for the draft. I'll you're going to be in my house. <laughs> I'm going to be in Jake's house. I don't I don't want to have to break something. If I do, I'll get thrown out, and I'll be there for at least two more days after the draft, so I won't have anywhere to go. So I'm going to have to try and control my anger somewhat. Also, I'm going to be in the house with his family. I have to be respectful. I'm not going to be able to use the F word. I will want to many times, but I can't. Not there. So I'm going to have to go outside for a There's little woods bit. Maybe. I'm going to the woods. I'll go. Okay. I'm going to go out. <laughs> there are back a lot of woods where, where Jake is. It's fine. Oh, that, it makes no sense to me, man. I don't, these mock drafts that have got him taken him at number two. Why, why are we skipping on potential generational talents that are way safer in Thibodeau, Hutchinson and Hamilton and taking a guy like, I mean, listen, he could be great. Like he could be one of the next great quarterbacks. I don't know. He could be the next Lamar Jackson. It's possible, but there's also a chance he's a lot closer to Jalen hurts, which I mean, might not be too bad, but there's also a chance that he's going to be the next Patrick white. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, and I hadn't seen anybody mocking any quarterbacks that high. It has always been either Thibodeau, or Hutchinson and any mock draft I looked, I have not seen anybody deviate that from that. And today, three different times I saw him mock to the lions. And I was like, what in the heck are you all smoking before you submit your mock drafts? This is not going to happen. People. No, not, not for the lions. I have to think that even though it's still the lions, that they're trying to turn the corner and not be the lions anymore. And them drafting a quarterback at two would be a very, a very lions ish move. You know, they can't, they can't be doing that. They just can't. If they're trying to build a better overall team, if it was, if you had a Joe Burrow or somebody sitting there, or a Justin sure. Herbert, different story, but we're not talking about like Super Bowl contender here in one or two years. If they take a quarterback at two, no matter no. who it is. I don't know why in the world they had to be at seven last year. Why couldn't they have been at two last year? Exactly. Hmm. Timing in life is everything, Kyle. Yes. Oh my gosh. But I mean, so they have, I feel like they have gotten a little bit better with their first round picks as of recent, kind of. So Sewell last year absolutely was the right pick at that point in time when he was taken off the board. Yeah. I mean, you could have argued maybe a couple of guys behind him. Maybe you could have went with one of those quarterbacks there. I get that. I understand that at seven, they could have made some moves potentially. Anyway, they take Sewell right pick. 
Jeff Okuda the year before that, at that great point pick. in time, at number three, it seemed like the right pick. It was great, either him or Isaiah pick. Simmons. Yep. Absolutely. Obviously, he has not turned out to be as good as he is, you know, we would have hoped. Maybe he's got it this year. I know he got hurt last year. The year before that was the TJ Hawkinson saga. That was one of those picks, Chaus. One of those high <laughs> that's a, that's upside a I, rem- I remember the rant well, man. Oh, it was great. One of those high upside picks. Let me see real quick. I have to remember who they dra- who came after TJ Hawkinson. Swift. So after TJ Hawkinson were guys like Ed Oliver, run stuffer up the middle. Um, Devin Bush. I mean, obviously Steelers fans have not liked him as much as of recently. Jonah Williams could have been a decent pick. Rashawn Gary is really built into being a, a playmaker at the NFL level. Um, Brian Burns, defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he's no superstar by any means, but he gets to the quarterback. He does what he's supposed to do. So, I mean, there's guys like that that you could have went with afterwards. That would have been a lot better. And then, like the year before that, Jared Davis, I didn't mind that pick too much. Or no, Frank Ragnow was the year before that. Good pick, center. Good pick. Good pick. Good pick. I like that pick. The year before that, Jared Davis. Just didn't work out. So Yeah, no, it didn't work out. Just didn't work out. Um, year before that, Taylor Decker, he's been good, better as of pick. recently. Got well, off at that of- point, at that point, you guys were trying to rebuild your offensive line. So you can't argue that because Stafford was still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Tomlinson guard out of Duke. I mean, not bad, yep. but then that's when you get, but then that's where you go to Eric Ebron. Yeah. The mistake. Like it was one of those stupid picks again. It feels like they go through these cycles <laughs> where they do this. Uh, back in 2010, they ended up, they took Javid Bess in the first round. I mean, oh, he God. wasn't a first round running back then. I mean, come Gross. on. Gross. That was one of those high upside. They took Brandon Pettigrew in the first round in 2009 with their second first round pick along with Matthew Stafford. <laughs> a lot of tight ends here, I'm noticing. So first, many yeah. tight ends. Yeah, a lot of tight ends. And then like the wide receiver run forget, you guys had. Let's not forget the, the fiasco that was Joey Harrington, Charles Rogers, Roy Williams, and Mike Williams four out of five freaking years. Okay. Good, good lord. I, I mean, I think you guys should go for a tight end this year. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while since you had a tight end. Widermeyer, man. He's he's one of the top tight ends. Go for it. What's up with go tight ends it? getting really long names? Fryer Ruth. I know. Watermeyer is a Watermeyer is a tough one, man. I stumble on that one all the time. Dude, I, I they're getting longer and longer, but I I don't know. Detroit, like I said, hopefully they're trying to make things better and move in the right direction. I'm hoping that we saw that start last year with the Sewell pick, but we've also not been able to really see them put together back to back solid drafts either. So we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see. Hopefully, I mean at this point, I kind of want them to take a quarterback just because I want to <laughs> see the absolute meltdown, like. I want to have I a separate I camera. Really, just... I think we say that out loud and you guys think it's funny, but then after it happens, you guys are going to be like, I really wish that that didn't happen. Like, I feel like that's going to be one of those things afterwards where it's like, that wasn't nearly as funny as we thought to. I'm legit concerned for this dude right now. That's what I, that's what I think. Hey, how's your, uh, how's your homeowner's insurance? Yeah. You might want to bump that it's up. It's good, but me, me and Taylor are going to have to contain him. Yeah, yeah. Top it up, <laughs> top it up with a straight jacket. Well, yeah. One will strap him to his chair. There is, I mean, the first, I feel like there is so much hanging in the balance in the first round this year mm-hmm. than in other years, because there are several teams that really need the help that could absolutely nail the first round. And maybe this draft isn't as deep and as sexy as it has been in years past, but there are a lot of really good players in this draft, Tons. especially on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. So when you look at a team like Detroit, 
second overall pick and they got the 32nd overall pick. All right. Get your edge rusher, get your game changer, your captain on the defensive side of the ball with number two. And then honestly, I'd rather have them get a second edge rusher. If someone falls down to 32, than taking a quarterback at that point, I would rather have them go defense again. If one of these cornerbacks continue, maybe they topple down a little bit. You could get a guy to go on the other side. I mean, they've got, um, or warrior out of Penn state who I really like coming out. He's grown a little bit, but mm -hmm. somebody else to push Jeff Okuda and, and get him to where he needs to be better. Um, you've got the New York jets, New York jets are going to have two picks inside the top 10. They need all the help that they can get. They need to really redo that offensive line. If they make these picks, right. Help the offensive line potentially with a, a wide receiver, potentially with a defensive player, that's a game changer for them. It's a game changer for the New York Giants. It's a game changer for the Philadelphia Eagles in the first round. I mean, the Eagles control the first round with those three picks too, man. Yeah. And they can, and they, you know what, you've got three first rounders and you're coming off of a playoff year. Mm. Should you have been in the playoffs? Probably not. not. No offense, Eagles fans. All right. Don't get upset with me. You didn't have a playoff caliber team, all right? You had some good wins and some good spots, but so here's the thing. You, you can make a move if you wanted to and move up. If, you, if there's someone you really want to go get, go get them. But with as good as these picks are that we're staring at here, like you could redo your entire, like you could add three difference makers. Three Different. difference makers, two on the defensive side of the ball, maybe bring in an offensive lineman, do something with that team. I really don't want them to draft a wide receiver. I've seen some Eagles fans say they want to draft a wide receiver. I don't hate it. Unless unless they go in free agency and go grab like Allen Robinson just to bring in some veteran leadership, then I would go different. I would find – I would go uh, – because you could probably get N'Kobe Dean around that area. I still think N'Kobe's going to go in the top 10. You can get a Drake London, I believe, at that point as well. That Linderbaum kid, that center, man, he is like the prototypical 12-year center in this draft. Like if you, if you draft him, you legit don't have to worry about your center position for the next 12 oh, yeah. years. And, and that's kind of what you're going for, right? At, at the, what is it, like 15, uh, 15, 16, and 19, or 17, whatever it is, 19? Eagles Eagles are controlling, man. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, they're like Russell in the Wilson. perfect spot, too, yeah, because Wilson. they're not in a spot where they would necessarily need to overdraft anybody. They're going to have some players fall to them, especially if teams, if teams trade up in front of them for quarterbacks it gets even better because then we're going to see probably two or three players fall into their laps that should have been like early first round picks, which is just absolutely fantastic. But again, this is not a sexy draft by any means, but I could imagine in three or four years, looking back on the 22 year 22 uh, draft and saying, man, there's a lot of really solid contributors out there. There's a lot of really good players that help their team win. There's a couple of studs out there as well. Um, but man, like Kyle Hamilton, man, mm. I know you and I were messaging back and forth about him a little bit earlier. Like he doesn't deserve to fall. If people are, are skipping on him because he's a safety, right. I feel bad for them. If he's I wasn't a, such amazing. a Hutchinson fan and want Detroit to draft Hutchinson, I would want them to take Kyle Hamilton because he is going to be the next great NFL star. Absolutely. He goes, he goes sideline to sideline. Like I've never seen. He's like a mix between like Derwin James and, and like a Buddha Baker mix in there. Like he's just, he's amazing.
and he's great in coverage. He only gave up one touchdown his entire college career. He can go in college or he can go in coverage. He can play the box sideline to sideline. He can play with the more athletic wide receivers if he needs to. He hits hard. He's a ball hawk. He does everything, and he does it so well. Sounds like you all need to get a room over there. We're about to. Oh, my <laughs> God. He's going to be my go, next Amanda. crush. <laughs> Good Lord. 100%. Where's the keys, man? Hopefully the room is clean. Yeah, exactly. Kyle sees him in khakis. Game, it's over. Game over. Good if Kyle Lord. Hamilton wears khakis to the draft, Uh-oh. oh my gosh. Uh oh, wow. Something about me in khakis, man. We need a beat button. Jake, uh, Kyle might need his own room. Yeah, I do, but it's over there. The beat button's on that side. I know. Side. I'm, I'm gonna have to get my own. <laughs> need a face shield, man, for the yeah. nights. Yeah. Saquon Barkley. We want to talk about Saquon a little bit because. You want to talk about him because you want him in Buffalo. I do want him in Buffalo because there's Bill's ties here, baby. We got the former GM, assistant GM in, in New York. He said he's open to trade away Saquon. I get it. We talked about Saquon last week. But it's interesting because, I mean, they could easily – what are we thinking? Really, a second rounder maybe plus a fourth for, for Saquon at this point? based on I'd do it. I'd do it. Oh, if I were the Bills, I'd do yeah. it. If, as long as I don't have to give up a first-round pick or – Really, anybody on my team? I mean, you guys are right there. You you guys are obviously right there. You can, you're just this close to it. Why not? I love Devin Singletary, but you know Saquon Barkley behind a better line with Josh Allen, some of those RPO options. Oh, but then somebody besides us has to admit that Zach Moss sucks. <laughs> they yeah, won't. We, we, that's not going to happen. <laughs> We've been saying that for years, and people just don't want to agree with it. Zach Moss, Z- blows. Zach Moss, Sucks. Moss truthers won't. They won't do it. I mean, I don't hate Saquon in Buffalo. Do I think it happens? I don't. No. I don't think so. <laughs> like, I don't see that happening. I love the thought of it because, like Kyle said, as long as you don't have to give up the future of your franchise to do it, what does it really hurt? It doesn't. It doesn't hurt you at all. I mean, he's probably going to be hurt for half the season anyway, so you're still going to be reliant on Devin Singletary anyway. Come on. So I, Be nice today. I'm just saying, like, the, the Kool-Aid is thick with, with Saquon Barkley. I love the, the athletic ability, and I love the talent, but I, I do not love getting burned every single year, and it just seems like he's just – and maybe maybe going to, like, a Buffalo, and I hate to say this from a fantasy football perspective, <laughs> splitting some of that work with Devin Singletary will keep him fresher a little bit more so we see more explosiveness because the – what we haven't seen for a couple seasons now is the explosiveness from Saquon Barkley. We see him averaging like 2.4 yards per carry. We're not seeing the big plays like we used to see the big plays. If we can get those back, great. But maybe maybe we need to rely a little bit less on him just to try to keep him a little bit fresher. I think with, with Saquon, too, is that he's been – I think he's been rushed back a little bit sooner than he probably should have been from his recent injuries with the Giants. And the fact that he's played behind such a bad offensive line, you know, the bills obviously have a much better offensive line. You put him behind a line that will actually block and create space for him. I mean, I think that's when you'll see the Saquon that's closer to what we saw his rookie year. I'm not saying he's going to replicate those numbers, but that we we're going to be able to see that talent on full display, but at least give the man something to work with where teams aren't just stacking eight in the box because they aren't afraid of Daniel Jones. Shouldn't generational talents make up for the lack of offensive line play? Yeah, but I don't think he's a generational talent. But a lot I, of people I did. I did. I'll admit I did. Oh, a Saquon lot of people. Barkley. Yeah, I yeah. think he is. But I think it's been the injuries. And I think that team has just been that bad. I exactly. mean, exactly. Generational talents. I 
<laughs> well, we could we could argue that with like Ricky Williams when he went to Miami. He was generational and he changed that whole team. They rode him for like 350 carries. He was that offense, man. Mm-hmm. And say I, I agree, Saquon should be, but I mean it's like someone's got a vo- voodoo doll poking his eyes out because I mean, how do you step on someone's foot, roll your ankle, and out for four games? Like that you're looking the wrong way. Look where you're going, Saquon, for the love of God, man. Well, it's hard sometimes when you look up and you already got three guys like he's good, but he's not get away from three guys good all the time because it's just and no one respects, you know, no one respects Danny Penny's. So, you know, crowd the box, take away Saquon. That's and that's where it is. he breaks down. The, and I think I think the quarterback play obviously has something to do with it because I mean there's a lot of running backs in the NFL right now that are producing with below average offensive lines. It's not like it's just Saquon Barkley. I mean, I don't think Dalvin Cook is out there running behind the league's best, you know, I mean every single year. I think it's just that like you said, Daniel Jones for whatever reason people are still wanting to trust Daniel Jones as a future franchise quarterback and yeah, he guy has had some flashes but nowhere near consistency in my opinion. He's He's like below Mitch Trubisky at this Mm. point for me as somebody who came out that we gave a lot of opportunities to showed some flashes, but could never get consistent and put it all together. Like that is exactly what's going on with Daniel Jones, but nobody wants to admit it really. And it plays a part. I still think that Saquon Barkley's explosiveness has dissipated over the last two years, mostly because of injury. It's not, he's just not good anymore. But like you said, I think being rushed back a little bit plays a part uh, it's just a bad situation overall in New York. It doesn't matter how many offensive playmakers they throw in that offense. They still suck every single year. This is when you can tell GMs are mostly drafting based on numbers. Mm-hmm. Cause that's mm-hmm. what they did with Daniel Jones. And that's what they did with Mitchell Trubisky. Should both of them have been drafted? Yep. Yes. Should both of them have been drafted where they were? No, no, nope. because neither of them were that good. Hell no. That's why when you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, you look at things other than the numbers that they put up. Saquon Barkley averaged 3.6 yards per carry this season. That's I'll give this season as a wash, though, for Saquon. I mean, he also wasn't 100% at all. That, well, that's it. And game this season. That's right. And I mean, when they brought him back, they did nurse him along because he wasn't necessarily ready. And then he rolled that ankle. So this year, I I got to say that it's the anomaly. And then the year before was the other injury. What, what did he? It was the high ACL. ankle sprain? High ACL. ACL sprain. That's right. And, and the high, ACL, too. That's yep. right. So, I mean, it's just been a run of bad luck for Saquon. And a change of scenery to Bill's Mafia would do him all the good. And it could change this quick, you know, get that change of scenery. Dude absolutely tears it up after that. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be the first time that it's happened, but for the new giants regime trading Barkley right now, does, does that signal to your fan base and March that we don't plan on winning this year? If that's the case, then you got to get the hell rid of Daniel Jones and you got to figure out something at quarterback. Yeah, that's that's the other thing I'm thinking is that, you know, if I'm a Giants fan, I think you have to be realistic in the sense where you're not winning this year, regardless if you keep Saquon or not, because Daniel Jones isn't the answer. That defense, which had so much promise going into last season, completely underperformed. So there are just there are so many pieces that this team needs that with their draft picks, why not just accumulate more draft picks, you know, work on your future and go from there. But let Saquon Barkley be the running back that he is somewhere else i love Do they it. have anybody else that they could trade no the, the giant no one's taking kenny galladay in that contract nope, no no one's done. gonna take no. sterling shepherd nope. no one's I taking mean, evan ingram nope. there's no no one's taking evan ingram 
on the defensive Bradbury? side of the ball. Bradbury, yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm sure somebody would give up something for Bradbury. Not enough to make a difference at a quarterback position. Yeah, we're not, you know, we're not mm. talking about anything earth shattering. It would be you're basically with all the guys that you're trading, you're trading guys for second, third, fourth round picks. I got it. It just hit me. We just said the name a second ago. Just send Trubisky there. They can fight. They can duke it out for who sucks the least. See, look at this, First man. All, you're, I, you're, you're putting everything Trubisky together. Is as bad as everybody is I don't, saying. He's, that not, he is. he's not. No, he's we not. all would agree. You, would I you rather have think... Trubisky over any quarterback in this year's draft class? Yes. Uh, mm, that's a tough one. Nah, that's but a, you, what we've do we? Seen it. If you're talking about just for 2022, yes. yes. Let's say yes. for the next for the yeah. next three years, would you rather have Trubisky or somebody like a Corral or Malik? I'll take I'll take I'll take Howell over Trubisky right now. Sam Howell. Okay. If we're yeah. talking like in three years, like I would take Mitchell Trubisky. If I had a team that wasn't ready to win, draft one of these quarterbacks, let him sit there for, you know, a couple of years if need be. I mean, we've talked, you know, we've talked about Ritter. I think, you know, we like Ritter, but we do know it's going to take some time for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, really the only guys I'm like, yeah, I think you can come in and start right away is Kenny Pickett. I don't know if I trust any of the rest of them. Charles, I know you're a Sam so, Howell fan, but Howell, I don't. I think Howell's a day one guy too, if you he had he to, if, if he had to be. Only because if you look at the body of work Sam Howell had to go through. When he lost Vontae, when he lost Carter, yes. Daz, and uh, who was the other one? Diami Brown. Diami. He lost Diami. He, all he had this year was Josh Downs. He literally put the team on his back. Yes, they went 6-6 six and six this past season, but he put them on his back. He showed me a lot of heart and character. And Downs, man, he was like one of the leading receivers in the FBS, man, like over 100 uh, receptions plus. I, I think Howell on, on the right situation – I, I like him more in a dome. That's why even at 32, I would not hate your Lions doing that at 32. If you go and get Sam Howell, let him sit behind Goff for a year, that's perfectly fine because in a dome, I think Howell could actually do a lot of damage even though he played in UNC. I think yeah, dome, if this draft class was the 2021 draft class, Sam Howell would be first off the board. That's right. He'd, he'd be number one overall because of the season that he had two years ago. And I even mentioned that like in my players to watch video, because I mentioned really all the quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks, like this is going to be a, you know, the, the combine is going to be good if they're participating, because not all of them are, but you know, if they're participating, this is going to be a good way for them to kind of try to separate themselves a little bit to figure out who's going to be that number one. I don't want to hate on Howell too much. That's why I'm like, it's the, it's, the, it's the size. I get it. The size is smaller than a picket. Pickett's like six, three. So I completely understand, but I don't know. I yeah. Like I just, Tr- I like Trubisky too over them. I do. I think Trubisky is very underrated. I've said that Mitchie biscuits is definitely on an underrated quarterback in the NFL. I don't think I he should have had enough- that nickname trademarked I'm telling you. He should have, but you didn't. So therefore we all stole it. Uh, yeah. but yeah, well, I, 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 I think Bobby trees. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's right up there with my Bobby trees. I mean, heck there you, so you have Rams NFL are, players calling him that too. So, and I ain't getting no credit. Not that I care about the credit, but damn, it would have been nice to get. I like would have cared about the credit because there's some money. There's a bag it? coming. God, exactly. There's there's t-shirts and everything out there. I ain't got nothing. There's a bag I of really money don't with think your Trubisky's name. He's a good NFL quarterback. I don't. Oh god, talk about I don't playing a spoiler. Great. Here we are having fun talking about nicknames, and Kyle just comes in there and dream killer <laughs> at the end of it. I, I don't think you're like all stupid. I love good. I love a good nickname. He's not a good NFL player. <laughs> it depends what you're talking about. Is he one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL? No, no he's no, not. No. Is he capable of being a bridge quarterback to get you to your future? I think he is. 
He's in that realm of the Fitzpatrick's who can go around and and keep your team a steady. I th- I think he is, especially I'd after have Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> he doesn't even have a hip anymore. <laughs> yeah, man, Trubisky, replacement. Trubisky gives you Ryan Fitzpatrick with a little bit more mobility. I'd rather have Jared Goff for the next three years than Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. Mm. I'd rather have Trubisky. I would too. It's still Jared Goff. I mean, I'll tell you, I, Jared Goff's played in in a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. yes, it might have been McVay in the town, not because of him, <laughs> helped him get there. But I mean, oh, he, had, I would, he had he had a good year that year they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's just with Mitchell Trubisky, it's so much inconsistencies. Like you said, a bridge quarterback, like an NFL journeyman. Yeah, I could see him turning into that, but he was brought in as a top NFL quarterback to lead this team to the promised land, and that is not who he is. Like he's. Nope. If a team signs him thinking that they can, he can help them get to the playoffs, they're mistaken because I don't think he can. Here's the thing. We'll play a quick game, and I'm stealing Chouse's thunder here for a second. Oh, okay. Take it. Okay. So, Mr. Trubisky, him or Sam Darnold starting in Carolina, who would you take? Darnold still. Damn. Trubisky. Damn. Darnold, yeah. that's best bad. Uh, what about the Saints? They ain't got a quarterback. Right? Taysom Hill, maybe? Or Mr. Trubisky? Trubisky? I mean, I would take Trubisky over Taysom Hill at this point. Yep. Mitch Trubisky or Kyle Trask in Tampa Bay? Trubisky. Trask. I want to see what I have. I, I want to see what Trask can do too. I'm I'm on yeah, the Trask. I hate Kyle Trask, Trask, but I'm just saying like, there's a lot of other options out there. Where I think Trubisky could find a role. What Tyler about Heineke. Yeah, Washington. I mean, Heineke or Trubisky? It's Trubisky. Heineke. I'm going to give Trubisky the slight edge because we saw I saw some flashes from from Heineke. I saw too many interceptions from Heineke that I didn't like. I think so Heineke gonna... thinks he's better than he is. <laughs> I think, I think in his head, he's like, I am elite. And then yeah. his arm is like, no, you are not. That's what and then he, he runs and dives for the pylon. He says, I told y'all I'm elite. What about in, what about in Denver? You had Teddy Beard, Drew Locke. Would you rather have them or, or Mitch Trubisky? I would rather Trubisky. take another shot with Drew Locke. Oh my God. I can't do it, man. I've seen enough of Drew Locke. He's, he needs to Davis go. Mills or Mitch Trubisky. Davis Mills. I'll go I, I want to see what Davis Mills could do. Yeah, I'll see. Um, Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky? Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> okay, God, I knew there had to be a line somewhere. I had all, to find one. I knew it. Kyle was that in there I'll somewhere. Go. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. All right, the one Actually, thing, the one no, thing the I want to say with Trubisky. Is C, Dwayne Haskins. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, is that we haven't seen, outside of his rookie year, we haven't seen Trubisky, you know, a, a Matt Nagyless Mitch Trubisky, you know? So I wonder if maybe it's like the Adam Gase effect. Give Trubisky a, a starting job with a new head coach that actually knows how to call plays and run an offense and see what he can do. I really wonder how much he would have took from the bills offense with Josh Allen and company. And then he takes it with him onto his next club, because I mean, there's a lot of people talking up his good graces right now that he did mature. He was the team guy and he learned how to be a leader and he was a great locker room presence. I wonder if it carries. I mean, he, he had, yeah, like you said, had Dable, you know, he better be because he's not talented enough to start anywhere. He still made a pro bowl. (laughs) He made a Pro Bowl with Matt Nagy. That's made like it made it to the playoffs. Jake, we know that those Pro Bowls don't mean anything. I'm just saying he still did one of it us with could Matt make it Nagy. to the Pro Bowl the way they do the voting now. Okay? <laughs> no, you exactly. <laughs> None of us could. I, we, we could. We could try. I've been um, as a I'm water size, boy. I'm the size. I'm the size of a kicker. I got a chance. <laughs> but can you kick? But can you kick? <laughs> no, but most most kickers in the NFL can't kick either. I mean, Mr. Trubisky in 2018 went 11 and three, 24 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. That's and not play, bad. And, pl- and playoffs. Yes. That's not bad. They have a solid defense. So? Yeah. 
true. They almost all beat, quarterbacks. They almost, they almost beat defense. the Saints. They almost beat the Saints. Just saying, like he doesn't suck. I would take him over Daniel Jones in a heartbeat. And when yeah, I was in that's Denver. close. I mean, that's closer for me. But like I said, I don't think he's a world beater by any means. But I think he's better than some of the options out there. Well, we found out that I only think maybe he could start on two teams. So I think that's still. <laughs> hey, it makes him one of the top 32 in the world. That, he's definitely better than I am. I know that for sure. I mean, I can throw the ball 49.9 yards. yards. Almost, almost <laughs> as far as Jake. <laughs> one yard shorter than me, you can throw it. It was like an inch, but you know, no one's no one's counting. We only do whole Ethan, numbers over here. Count. Yeah. Whole numbers. <laughs> whole numbers only. Whole and we don't round <laughs> We don't round up. This isn't fractional scoring like in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't use we, we don't use the metric system down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't measure in millimeters and shit. We don't do any of that. No. Speaking of speaking of bad situations coming worse, I mean, Jake, you got yourself a nice jersey today. It was a nice Vontae jersey. And now we heard is the, stop, do, stop doing shit to the players that we like, man, because the Denver Broncos are, are you talking, like the new Madden curse. Uh, he has to be. Talking about baseball, you know, I want to get into baseball. And look, they're shutting baseball down. He wow. goes and gets a Vontae jersey. And look, man, they're talking to Melvin to bring him back. Like, oh, good God, man, what are you doing? This is Vontae season. Why would they want to bring Melvin back? I think they still need that insurance policy. I think it's because they don't have their quarterback situation figured out. And they know that they're going to have to rely on the running game as of right now a lot. And they don't want to risk, you know, running Javante Williams into the ground first five weeks of the season. And until they figure out their passing game, I, it would not surprise me if Melvin Gordon comes back. I hate to say that because I think Javante Williams is a top seven running back in the NFL or so if he was given the full workload. But it doesn't surprise me at this point, since we don't really know what's going to happen in the passing game, that they're going to be so run heavy that – uh, look at look at last season. At times, they both could still produce in that backfield. It just capped the ceilings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that if they do bring back Gordon, I think he would have a a reduced role. You know, from what he had last year, we saw Williams get more and more touches as the season goes on. So I think that he would be that RB one for them with Gordon coming in to spell him. But at least that way, you keep your your young stud running back fresh. You know, and you're not overworking him and giving him too much of a workload. So that's kind of where I would see it going. So I would still draft Williams as if he was, you know, the only guy there. Kyle, do you like Javante? I love Javante. But he doesn't work. He's not wearing khakis. (laughs) I don't don't care. Okay. It's those broken tackles. It's how he pushes grown men around on the field. He gets you left. One thing that gets me going, broken tackles. All right. Khakis and broken tackles. What about, right. bro- what about broken tackles while wearing khakis? I mean, straight up and down. The last eight wearing- games of the season, he played over 50% of the snaps <laughs> in all but one game. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it if he's the RB1. If the commitment to bringing Melvin Gordon back is you're going to be the lobster bisque to my shrimp Alfredo, that right there is God, why. Sounds disgusting. I would say okay with it, but I don't want Melvin Gordon to even see 50% of the touches. And I think we see what you happened. Don't, you don't want a surf and turf kind of a deal. No, right? I don't want to no, surf. No. I don't want, yeah, no, I don't Gross. want Chris. Thank you. Yeah. I don't want two main entrees. Okay. I do not want 
something to overshadow the deliciousness that is Javante Williams going into my eyeballs every single week as he pushes grown men to the ground like they're children on the playground, all right? That's what I don't want. I want to see Javante Williams go ham this year, go crazy, because he can do it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to bring Melvin Gordon back, okay, he's he's the, the appetizer. He's the side dish. Heck, at this point, I'd rather have him be the broccoli, okay? Eh, you eat a couple of pieces of it to basically show you're a decent person, but in reality, you don't really touch it at all, okay? You don't enjoy it. It's just kind of there. It helps to fill the plate. Let's have Melvin Gordon help to fill the plate. We don't want him to be all eyes on that, all right? When the when the fajitas come out, does anyone go, that's a damn fine tortilla. I wish I had that tortilla. No, they're like, listen to that sizzle. I wish I had that on my plate right now. That's why I want Javante Williams to be. I did my best, you know, to try to right the wrong, and I put him right next to the Nick Chubb jersey. I'm trying to, trying to you know, <laughs> push some of those positive vibes of Chubb over to Javante. Well, Chubb's got much, Kareem Hunt messing with him, so it's leaking. That might it's not leaking. Have the best there's ju- there's juices leaking out, man. I'm I don't trying. Like I'm trying to so trying all, to leak all juices I heard everywhere. Is, uh, is Kyle pretty? What Kyle wants khakis and broken tackies is what it is. Wow, broken tackies, khakis and broken tackies. I'm gonna say something here, Chris, with <laughs> all due respect, and I love you. Please don't say that again. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't understand it. Khakis and broken tackies. What are it tackies? was like. It's like a C minus. I mean, I, I get where you're going. Let me give you, I'm going to give you a B minus for your hard work. Okay. Cause you worked that. really hard. That's like one of those projects where you're like, damn, I crushed this. And then your teacher goes over it and you're like, dude, you thought too hard. Like this, this should have been a lot easier. You spent 80 hours on this. I could have been done with it in an hour. What the hell happened here? Okay. I'm not going to lie. I've been waiting since like Thursday to say that. So you're <laughs> Get it written down since Thursday. Wow. Rem is like, damn it. I've been waiting for a week to say this. <laughs> See, the, the buildup was too much. It's what killed the spontaneity. That's right. Can we get a YouTube short of me comparing Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon into food? Because I as feel like that's... Kept, if you kept it under a minute, I'll, I'll chop it. But I don't know if you kept it under a minute. I feel like that's too good. I feel like people are going to love that. You may have to recreate <laughs> it. It was a good one. Oh, now are we at the hour time frame, Jake? Yeah, what else we, we got? Come in. in Whoa, I did not say that. Jake I was like, need... y'all mother effers. <laughs> all I said is we need to be closer to the one hour than the two hour mark is all I said. Some yeah, shows we're, we're, you we're just let right. it flow, man, and let it go. I get you. I get you. But I just know a lot of people out there don't have the attention span for it. Well, we're going to change that. We're going to make them. We're going to become the difference makers. That's you will sit there and you will listen to us for two hours a day. It's like, it's like tape, putting tape on people's eyelids to keep them open. Should we do a two hour podcast every single day? Every day. Every day. (laughs) Kyle's face. Can you imagine that? No, we wouldn't have enough to talk about. We would find some wood. We would just have to go longer on topics, but I feel like we'd have enough to talk about. Mm -hmm. I can do it. You guys want to do it? Let's keep going. Every day? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I can't. Every morning. Every morning we're going to wake up at 5 a.m. and we're going to yeah, record perfect. a two-hour podcast. That's definitely oh, that no. sucks for Chouse. <laughs> That's not. I don't have <laughs> nearly <laughs> enough energy that early in the me morning. Neither. No, me neither. I don't even have clothes on that early. <laughs> like you have clothes on now? I do today. Oh, okay. It's your lucky day. But it's also 10:14 at night. Exactly. Yeah. 
He's had a chance to get dressed at this point. I put him on at 8.58 p.m. <laughs> he got dressed for supper, and he just didn't take it off. He got ready uh, just for this pod. No, I sit, my, I sit at the table in my underwear. I don't care. Nice. <laughs> That's what I, happens when you on. work from home now. There's no reason to get dressed. There's barely a reason to get dressed when I had a job. <laughs> it's just because they made me, and they paid for like the uniform-ish, but that was it. If it wasn't for that, I'd gone in my basketball shorts. I mean, I wore... I wore a button up with a tie and a suit jacket the other day and below it I had on my hey dude slip-ons and my old college baseball shorts that have a hole in it that literally like the moon could fall out I can tell you the last date that I wore a shirt and tie I can never you want want to know what day it was what year when when you graduated high school June 18th 2005 oh it's my wedding day it's the last time I got Oh, I forgot about that. Nice. That's impressive. It's the last time I wore 2005. You got married the year before I graduated from high school. I got old balls, dude. I got old manscaped balls. Like if I didn't use that lawnmower, code word headliners, by the way. Dropping. Yeah. 20% off. Free shipping. 20% off and free shipping. Absolutely get yours now at manscaped.com. Thank you very much. Uh yeah. If it wasn't for that, it'd be some some grayness going on down there. I already got this. Is it tough to see the gray hairs on on the nuts when you get that old? Oh, I mean, I don't think so. I'd have never tried to focus on them personally. Oh, I just take okay. quick passes with the lawnmower just to make I sure we're good you, to yeah. go. I got you. Next time I do it, I'll, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> I'll let you know. I don't know. From this perspective, Chouse, can you see anything? <laughs> is, there, is there anything here? We'll see, what you, we'll see what you think. Well, now we've done a good job of making sure that the people didn't listen any, for any longer than an hour because they're done. Yeah. I was going to say, Chouse, you, you seem like a person that likes to dress up. And likes to I do presentable. Rem, do. you cannot say that. You were talking the other day about the money you have spent on shoes and belts and everything else. Oh, I didn't say. If there's anybody that loves to dress up here, it is you. By the way, this this Lululemon quarter zip is phenomenal. It Did is you super say Lululemon. I thought that was women's yeah. clothing. They make men's they make stuff. Men's stuff? Oh, they make yeah. good men's stuff, man. I'm very oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Got the Lululemon quarter zip and the cashmere t-shirt. And it's got it's got some like seaweed in it so that when you sweat it doesn't stink That's or some not shit. True. That does that can't be accurate. They're lying then. False I advertising. Know, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> Jake, isn't this for the Sunday night pod? Should we talk men's fashion on Sunday? Like this is exactly the type of stuff we do on the on the Monday pod that we record Sunday night. Yeah, it's just yeah. non-football, it's just talking about whatever we want to talk about. And sometimes we just get off track, man. I don't know. I guess so. We're just cross-promoting, I guess. That's right. Headliners after dark is what we do on Mondays. There you go. Tip Cross to tip. promote. That's right. Wait, yeah. is it Mondays or is it Sundays? Well, it's recorded Sunday night to drop on Monday. Drop on Monday. Yes. Now just trying to get all the schedules. Straight. I got to. It's kind of hard <laughs> to keep up with. Well, after just remember, we have two-hour sag- podcast every day, five a.m. Yes. I'm just saying after soggy balls and gray hair on sacks, I think it's time we, we back out of this one, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in, man. To all listeners, thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.